Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Alexa. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on? It is Friday's show, and welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, the first day of October. We have got a jam-packed show, including the Atlanta Braves clinching their fourth straight NL East title. Urban Meyer cannot pick up his first victory as the Jaguars blow a 14-0 lead over the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's my high school football show, and I will also make my NFL picks and preview college football as well. We've got a busy show. Very busy. When October rolls around, this is when all four major sports, five if you count Major League Soccer, happen all at the same time. And it is great if you're a sports fan. This is also great if you are a podcaster. Because typically my October shows get the most listeners. So I feel that I've got to do more shows in the month of October. Because there's a lot of sports to cover. I'm going to start this show with the Braves. Because I did see some of the highlights from last night's game. The Braves had their magic number down to one to clinch. And they swept the Philadelphia Phillies to win the division. They won it. 5-3, and they won it with dominating pitching. Ian Anderson picks up the win. He goes six innings and gives up two earned runs, and I think the rotation is going to be set for the Braves in the playoffs. They will take on the Milwaukee Brewers for Game 1 of the Division Series next Friday on TBS, and we don't know who the Game 1 starter is going to be, but you could throw any one of the three starting pitchers, and I like the Braves' chances in a best-of-five series, especially throwing the number one and number two starters in Milwaukee and taking it back to Atlanta for games three and four. I am really impressed with the swagger and the moxie that the Braves have occurred all season because this season could have been a disaster, especially since they were off to a slow start, then losing Marcelo Zuna and Ronald Acuna Jr. I wasn't sure what to expect from this Braves. Meanwhile, the Phillies, has there been a major league franchise that has underachieved more than the Phillies? A couple of years ago, they ended up getting Bryce Harper in free agency, picking up players like JT Realamundo, Andrew McCutcheon, and once again, the Phillies miss out on the postseason. With three games to play in Major League Baseball, these pennant races are coming down to the wire. You got the San Francisco Giants that beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 5-4 to pick up their franchise-best 105 victories. They were off to a slow start, allowing three runs in the first inning. Scott Kazmir leaves the game with an injury, but the Giants win it on a walk-off single by Lamont Wade Jr. How clutch has Wade Jr. been for the Giants as he is batting over 500 after the ninth inning. That is going to be important getting into the postseason. The NL West has not been decided yet because the Dodgers were able to win once again with the bats coming alive 8-3 over the San Diego Padres. Has there ever been a team that has free-falled worse than the Padres? It seemed like they were a lock for that second wildcard spot and then they just fell off a cliff and the Dodgers took advantage. And Tony Gonsolin 
pitches four and two-thirds of innings and gives up three runs. Anytime your fifth starter has a no decision, but the Dodgers are able to win, that is scary because now the Dodgers will take on the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers have already clinched. They're playing the Braves in the playoffs. The Brewers might rest starters. You got Clayton Kershaw going tonight against the Brewers, against Eric Lauer, Saturday. You got the Dodgers throwing out Julio Urias, who he may pick up his 20th victory. He's 19 and 3 with a 3.01 ERA. He is a candidate for the Cy Young. So the Giants' magic number to clinch the NL West is two. The San Francisco Giants will take on the San Diego Padres for a three-game series at Oracle Park. We have a tight wild card race in the American League between the Boston Red Sox the Seattle Mariners, and the Toronto Blue Jays. It looks like the Yankees will wrap up that first wildcard spot. They haven't clinched yet, but they have a two-game lead over the Red Sox and Mariners. Boston will take on the Washington Nationals for a three-game series, and the Seattle Mariners will take on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Seattle is trying to reach the postseason for the first time since 2001. If the Red Sox miss out on the postseason once again, you can refer back to that epic collapse they suffered when Bobby Valentine was their man. Manager. Really, expectations for the Boston Red Sox every year is to make the postseason. It would be a massive disappointment. With the Major League Baseball season winding down, the season will end on Sunday. Don't forget, we have that first wild card game for the American League on Tuesday on ESPN. None of the teams have clinched, but you got some scenarios, Yankees versus Mariners, Yankees versus Red Sox, or possibly Yankees versus Blue Jays. And then on Wednesday, the St. Louis Cardinals will play in the National League wild card game, but they do not know their opponent yet. It could be either the Los Angeles Dodgers or the San Francisco Giants. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars fall to 0-4 after losing to the Cincinnati Bengals 24-21. Trevor Lawrence played a little bit better. He was 17-24, 204 yards, no interceptions. So he has improved. He did have a touchdown run. He rushed for 36 yards on eight carries with a rushing touchdown. James Robinson, if you have him on your fantasy team, he rushed for two touchdowns. But the story of this game was Urban Meyer blowing a 14-point lead, and the Bengals won it on a last-second field goal, which they are now 3-1 on the season. Joe Burrow looking great. 25-32, 348 yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions. Boyd, he's starting to become a weapon. And then you have Jamar Chase, but you also have CJ Uzuma, the tight end who had two touchdown passes. He seems like he's a security blanket. And now the Cincinnati Bengals are rolling. They will have an extra couple days to prepare, but they will take on the Green Bay Packers next week. And I'll get into my football picks and my preview for week four later in the show. But first... It is Friday. It is the first day of October, which means we should have some fall weather. They did announce the Super Bowl halftime show for the Super Bowl in Los Angeles for 2022. Got some mixed reviews on how they feel about the performers. The performers are going to be Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Say what you want about that because... They were relevant 20 years ago. I've noticed a lot of Super Bowl halftime performers are starting to become nostalgic rehashes from the past. Because personally, I'm 42 years old. The music of this generation, I don't really know anything about. I mean, if they got one direction to play at the Super Bowl, the younger generation would get excited about that. Or the Jonas Brothers. But no, they went in the direction 
I don't think they're trying to get edgy by getting rap artists who cuss on their records. They do have radio edit versions of their songs. Why do I know all this? Uh, from experience, I used to listen to that type of music when I was in high school. But we'll see how it goes. The Super Bowl's in Los Angeles. So it would make sense to get artists that are from L.A. Dr. Dre, he's from Compton. We all know the songs. He was in a music group called N.W.A., straight out of Compton. Okay, Eminem's from Detroit, I'll give you that. But Snoop Dogg is from the LBC. Kendrick Lamar, I think he's from Compton, I'm not sure. But Kendrick Lamar is is an artist that's a little bit newer. And then Mary J. Blige is from the East Coast. So you have a mixture of some artists. She's not a rapper, she's an R&B singer, but Dr. Dre produced one of her songs. And the big question is, what songs are they going to play? Are they going to play the radio edit version of Ain't Nothing But A G Thing? Are they going to play Forget About Dre? You got Dre and Eminem on that song. Is there a song out there that's got Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Eminem? I've heard some criticism that they are picking rappers who cuss and a lot of people that i've talked to don't like it look not every artist for the super bowl halftime show is going to appeal to everybody i think one year they had a bunch of country music singers for the people that don't like country music they're not going to be impressed with that so not really a big story the super bowl halftime show probably gets turned off and that's usually a break where i could put my kids to sleep because the super bowl halftime is 30 minutes long big mistake when i tried to do that a couple years ago when lady gaga was seen in the super bowl halftime show and uh, the falcons blew the 28 to 3 lead high school football in the valley the moment you have all been waiting for i'm gonna preview these massive high school football games including and this is the rankings from the alabama association of sports auburn number three in the state of alabama for 7a taking on central number four in the state of alabama for 7a this game will be played up at auburn this is the wtvm high school game of the week the central red devils come into this contest six and oh on the season the auburn tigers are also six and oh it seems like the red devils have won their games in convincing fashion they just got over beating opelika 38 to 7 last week auburn beat bob jones convincingly as well they started the season off with the 45 to nothing drubbing apart crossing but the barometer is that auburn barely beat opelika in week two central is on a mission the two-time state champs have a very good team a great wide receiver carmelo english he is a four-star recruit and caleb Nix. central is on a mission i've talked to some of the people that live in phoenix city they are passionate about red devil football and it is going to be a massive game in the Chattahoochee Valley, but not to be outdone by another big game in the Chattahoochee Valley. 5-1 Russell County, the Warriors, are hosting the Bulldogs from Opelika, who, despite their 3-3 record, they have lost three contests between high school powerhouses to include Opelika, Auburn, and Central. What's impressive is their 3-0 in region play. And their three victories were over Sidley Lanier, which is their only loss. They're 6-1 on the season after beating Park Crossing last night. They beat Eufaula 21-0 and Carver-Montgomery 28-6. So if you look at the remaining schedule, this is a big game. The Opelika Bulldogs 
can push their record to four and three and they could have a winning record for the first time this season. And then next week, they will travel to Lee and Montgomery, one of the top teams in Region 2. And then they close out the season with Valley and Park Crossing, two teams that are down at the bottom of Region 2. Opelika trying to get back to the state playoffs after a very successful season last year. They finished with a 10-3 record. They were 7-0 in league play. However, they lost in the quarterfinals last year in the state playoffs. One interesting thing about Opelika is they do have several three-star athletes. One, their talented quarterback, Jarrell Stinson, has committed to Ole Miss. He's going to go play for Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. They're led by their dual quarterback threat, JT McArdle and Roman Gagliano. It's going to be an interesting game, as many of you know. I will be at I will be at Mitchell Field at the Corbett Sports Complex tonight calling that game as the public address announcer. That is going to be great. So wrapping up the other contest in the state of Alabama, another Region 2 game. You have Valley and Eufaula, both teams disappointing seasons. They're trying to get back on track. They're winning ways to try to make the playoffs. You got Carver and Montgomery, who's 3-2. and two. They're taking on Lee of Montgomery, who's 3-1. and one. Last night, the Poets of Sydney Lanier defeated Park Crossing 43 to nothing, and their next matchup will be against Russell County on Thursday night at the Cramden Bowl. So looking at the standings of Region 6A, so looking at the standings of 6A Region 2, Opelika is leading the way at 3-0, followed by Sydney Lanier, that's 3-1. Lee of Montgomery is 2-1, they're 3-1 on the season. Right behind them in fourth place is Russell County at 2-1 in the region. Carvin Montgomery is also 2-1 in the region, they're 3-2 on the season. Eufaula is 1-2 in the region play and 2-4 on the season. Park Crossing, 0-4 in region play, 0-6 on the season. And Valley, 0-3 in region play, 2-3 on the season. They have lost three straight games. What's very important is that only 32 teams in region, only 32 teams in 6A will reach the state playoffs. There were four teams that made it last year. Opelika, Leit Montgomery, Eufaula, and Carver Montgomery. Russell County currently is in fourth place. So these remaining games are very important as they will take on Opelika tonight and then they will travel to Montgomery to take on Sydney Lanier and they close out the season with homecoming against Eufaula. And then to close out their season, they will take on Carver Montgomery. Russell County has not had a winning season in a very long time. They reached the playoffs in 2013. They finished the season with a 500 record, but lost in the first round of the playoffs. So they finished with a 5-6 and six record. What's very impressive about Russell County is they have a talented quarterback, Robert Calhoun, who's only a sophomore. He won the 6A region player he won the 6A Player of the Week for the Opelika Auburn News, and people voted for it. People voted on it, and congratulations to him. So we've had a couple of players that have been playmakers for the Warriors that have won this award. So we'll be looking forward to that game tonight. Tonight, you also have Enterprise taking on Prattville. That is a big 7A contest. You have the Panthers of Lynette hosting Vincent. Beauregard, last week, lost to Russell County. They will take on Tallahassee. Over in the private school sector, Glenwood goes on the road to take on Monroe Academy. And then on Saturday, because all these schools in Montgomery play at the Cramden Bowl, you got Smith Station taking on Jefferson Davis. Smith Station, a very disappointing season. Their only win 
was against Columbus. Moving on to the other side of the river in West Georgia, the big high school matchup is 5-0 LaGrange traveling to A.J. McClung to take on Carver. This is a big 4A Region 2 matchup as first place is on the line. Carver is 3-0 in region play and LaGrange is 2-0 in region play. You also have Troop County up at Callaway Stadium taking on the Cherokees from Kendrick. Troop County is another top team in Region 4 in 4A Region 2. Also tonight at Kinnett Stadium, you got Columbus that's going to take on Hardaway. That's a home game for Hardaway. The Hawks are coming in at a 2-2 record. Their two losses include Callaway and Troop County. So a very impressive team that has a 2-2 two two record. You got Northside after coming off that loss to Whitewater. They're 3-1 on the season in 5A. They will travel to Peachtree City to take on McIntosh. Harris County will host a 5A region matchup against Jenkins in Hamilton, Georgia. And then wrapping up some of the smaller schools. You got Manchester taking on Marion County. You have Brookstone taking on Landmark Christian. St. Ann Pacelli will host Seminole County, and Calvary Christian is on the road today to take on Skipstone Academy. As the high school football season is halfway over, these shows will just keep on getting better and better as we talk about playoffs. All right, I did touch up a little bit on college football during the week. Of course, last night, I don't know what's going on with the Miami Hurricanes. They lose to Virginia 30-28. to And my opinion is, this was a home game that the Hurricanes lost. My opinion is Manny Diaz is not the coach. They need to go get Mario Cristobal or James Franklin or a big-time name. I know that they've gotten a big-time name before, getting Mark Rick. I know they usually get the hot coach that comes out of a lesser program like Al Golden. But it's not working out. Miami has got to find the big splash because the expectations for the U is that they're a top 10 program. 20 years ago, they put more people in the NFL than any other team. And that is the expectations. So hopefully Miami will get the right coach. I would like to see Mario Cristobal go over there. He has been an assistant over at Miami. He's worked under Nick Saban. I'd like to get somebody over there that's been a Saban disciple. That would be great. So tonight we got two top 25 matchups. You got number five, Iowa, taking on Maryland. Both teams are 4-0 and Iowa's favored by 3.5. You also have number 13, BYU, taking on Utah State. BYU is 13th and they are 4-0. Utah State is 3-1. So as we get ready for an exciting college football matchup between Arkansas and Georgia and there's a lot of skeptics that think that Arkansas could give Georgia a game but we don't realize how historic this Georgia defense is and I actually don't think Arkansas is going to move the ball on the Bulldogs I think Georgia wins I actually think that Ole Miss game is going to be a lot closer than expected do not be surprised if Georgia steals some first place votes from the Crimson Tide another big top 10 matchup is Cincinnati against Notre Dame Notre Dame is a young team, but they have one of the best college football coaches, an underrated college football coach in Brian Kelly. All Notre Dame does every year is win. Their games that they have lost were in the college football playoff or they lost to a big-time program, including Georgia, Michigan, Clemson in the ACC championship. But Cincinnati, led by Luke Fickle, they made it to the Peach Bowl last year. They're trying to get their program 
into the college football playoff. And this would be a signature win if they're able to do that. I'm looking at the schedule in the top 25. There's not really anybody that's on upset alert. Ohio State taking on Rutgers. If Ohio State's defense is as bad as we think, Greg Schiano has got some tricks up his sleeve and Rutgers can make that an interesting game. Oregon is only favored by eight at Stanford. That could be a possible upset alert. Stanford is a very tricky team. They beat USC. However, they lost to UCLA. We will see how it goes. Locally here in Georgia, you got Georgia Tech taking on Pittsburgh at Bobby Dodd. You got Georgia State taking on Appalachian State at the Park Center Stadium. And then you got Arkansas State taking on Georgia Southern. Over in FCS, Kennesaw State will host Jacksonville State. And you got Mercer hosting Samford. Over in NCAA Division II, Savannah State travels to Kentucky State. Savannah State's 3-1 on the season. Pretty impressive. You got Fort Valley State on the road taking on Benedict. Clark Atlanta taking on Tuskegee. Albany State is on the road taking on Miles. You got Shorter taking on Valdosta State. Valdosta State is actually 3-0 on the season. And West Georgia coming into this contest 4-0 on the season will take on West Alabama. All right, it's the time of the show where I get ready to do my NFL picks, starting with the local team here in Georgia as the Washington football team will travel to the bins to take on the Atlanta Falcons. The Washington football team is favored by one and a half. Keys to this game. Can the offensive line keep Matt Ryan upright? Is Chase Young just going to have a wrecking day? And that could be the difference in the ballgame. Is a turnover from the Washington football team that completely shakes up this game. If the Falcons don't get an early lead... That could mean trouble. I'm not talking about on that first drive going down and kicking field goals. Matt Ryan needs to utilize Kyle Pitts in the red zone offense to try to get touchdowns. That's why they drafted him. I do see improvements in the defense for the Falcons. I'm not convinced that Taylor Heineke is the type of quarterback that can scare a Falcons defense. But the Falcons defense is known for having average quarterbacks look like pro bowlers. But A.J. Terrell will be back in this game. I think the Falcons win to get back on track and push their record to 500. Houston Texans taking on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, one of the best teams in the league. Wow, 17 points is the line. Houston, not sure if Tyrod Taylor, not sure if Tyrod Taylor is going to play. He does give the Houston Texans stability at quarterback. I think Brandon Cooks has had a good season so far for the Texans. One of the top wide receivers in the NFL. But the Bills have too much firepower. If there was a weakness on Buffalo's team, is they don't have a stout running game. But Josh Allen makes plays, moves out of the pocket, and I think Buffalo gets the victory. Two teams that just can't get out of their own way. The Detroit Lions taking on the Chicago Bears. The big question is, will Justin Fields start again? Andy Dalton is questionable. We're not sure if head coach Matt Nagy is going to start Justin Fields again. I feel he was setting him up for failure against the Browns, and now they're taking on a Lions team that completely botched a win over the Baltimore Ravens. I like head coach Dan Campbell wanting to bite people in the kneecaps, but this is a game where I think that the Chicago Bears win because they're playing at home. One of the top games is the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Carolina Panthers. This will be a test to see how good the Panthers are with Sam Darnold and that high-powered offense led by offensive coordinator Joe Brady. The Cowboys' defense has improved with Micah Parsons and Travion Diggs. 
They are playing at home. I think the Cowboys get the victory and they get a comfortable lead in the NFC East. You got the Indianapolis Colts who are 0-3. They want to trade Marlon Mack. Not sure if Carson Wentz is completely healthy. Taking on the Miami Dolphins. I give you that, that Jacoby Brissett did lead the Dolphins back in that game. I think Jacoby Brissett taking on his former team could give him motivation to try to do well in this game. And I think the Dolphins get the victory, which would be crazy because that would put the Indianapolis Colts at 0-4. And the Colts have a lot of talent to go 0-4. That's unheard of. An intriguing game in Minnesota. You got the Cleveland Browns taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a good team. They've got some weapons with Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. He knows how to get into the spotlight. The health of Dalvin Cook is still in question, but the Cleveland Browns have a scary defense. They got one of the best running backs in the league in Nick Chubb. And if Baker Mayfield has a lead, I think the Browns could win this game. But the Vikings are playing at home, and I think the Vikings win this game. But it's going to be very close. Another one of those good games in the 1 o'clock window. The New York Giants taking on the New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by 7. Some people were thinking that the Giants were going to get the upset here, but I think the Saints too much firepower for the Giants. The Saints get it done at home. Also, the Tennessee Titans will travel up to New York to take on the Jets. The Jets don't have any playmakers. And the Titans are just going to run wild with Derrick Henry. i got to make sure I start him in my fantasy league. Another good game, Kansas City taking on the Eagles in Philadelphia. Philadelphia coming off a short week. Kansas City is favored by seven. Patrick Mahomes is trying to get this team back on track. They are a one and two, a disappointing one and two. And I think Kansas City gets the win. Another big game, you got the 3-0 Cardinals going to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are also 3-0. The Rams are favored by four, and I think the Rams are the best team in the NFL. They get the victory. As much as I like Kyler Murray and his playmaking abilities, the Cardinals do have flaws, including their offensive line. Kyler Murray is going to be running for his life, but that could be the X factor because he knows how to make plays. The game that I cannot wait for, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are favored by three, but the matchup I want to see is the health of the cornerbacks for the Niners. If Josh Norman does not play, they picked up Buster Skern from the practice squad and they elevated him to the nickel corner position with Kwan Williams being out. The health of Emmanuel Mosley, the health of Josh Norman is going to be the factor. The big X factor in this game is Russell Wilson throwing to his wide receivers could be the difference in this game as he picks apart a weakness for the Niners. The Seattle's defense is non-existent. If Jimmy Garoppolo has a good game, and if they run the football, I think the Niners will win this game. This is a rivalry game. It's always close. The last time Seattle played in Santa Clara, they beat the Niners on a field goal in overtime. These two teams play each other close. So I think Seattle is going to get the victory here, but the 49ers are just too depleted at running back and at corner. You got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Denver Broncos. If the Denver Broncos are for real, this is going to be the biggest test. They have a 3-0 record, and their combined record for their opponents is 0-9. It is at home, and I think that the Broncos' defense is formidable, and they can get the victory to go to 4-0. Then you have the Steelers taking on the Green Bay Packers. Seems like a mismatch, but T.J. Watt might play. If the Steelers' defense shows up, they could give it a game, but Aaron Rodgers is playing at home where he is practically unbeatable. And then, of course... The game you've all been waiting for, the game of the century, where the pregame is going to be much more hyped than the game itself. 
is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Tampa Bay is favored by seven. The big question mark is, does Bill Belichick know enough about Tom Brady to come up with a defensive scheme to shut him down? Tampa Bay has strengths all over the field, including signing Richard Sherman to fix a weakness. I think this is going to be a coming out party for Tom Brady. He's going to put up 30 or 40 points on the Patriots, and I believe that the Patriots will get embarrassed on Sunday night football as Tom Brady makes a statement. And of course, the Monday night game is the 3-0 Las Vegas Raiders taking on the 2-1 Los Angeles Chargers. One thing I noticed about that game, as long as Derek Carr has protection, he is a very good quarterback. He's putting up yardage this season and the Raiders are looking surprisingly good. So are the Chargers after beating the Chiefs last week. All right, those are my NFL picks. Normally I don't give a score. I started doing this just to make sure that I preview each NFL contest, but that is it. That is all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast and don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. I hope that you enjoy this incredible, exciting weekend of sports, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.